I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us, talk crap about the defense, like we're the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. Enzo. Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Welcome in everyone to NFL Friday here at WFUV Sports. I'm Nick Fada, Matt Benson, and Tyler Hugh are with me today to talk some football. Folks, we're going to go right in here with last night's game, Thursday Night Football, a thriller. Not as high scoring as you would expect from two offensive juggernauts, the Los Angeles Chargers and Kansas City Chiefs face off in Kansas City. The Chiefs take the dub at home. Final score, 27-24. Exciting game. Not exactly the way you would see it panning out. Back and forth, which was good in the first half. The end seemed to be kind of in the Chiefs' control, at least I would say. Tyler, you had some thoughts on this before in pre-reduction. What are your initial reactions to this game last night? Um, I don't really, I expected the Chiefs to win as it's at home at Arrowhead, um, Jihad, whatever you want to call it. Mahomes is Mahomes. He did get bailed out a couple times on some, like, you know, ticky-tacky pass interference calls. Should have been picks here and there. But these two quarterbacks are two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I was expecting a little bit higher scoring, but both defenses have improved heavily since last year. They've solidified a lot of their needs. The one thing I am worried about is, one, besides Justin Herbert's ribs being made of pastrami right now because he is severely hurt, two, um, Brandon Staley has to find a balance as the head coach. This is his second year as a head coach. Last year we saw it, the fourth down conversions, the fourth down calls, all that, you know. A little too aggressive. This year he punted on fourth and two multiple times. He's a little too conservative. I think what what's going to hold the Chargers back in the long run when it comes to the playoffs is his coaching. It does worry me a little bit. What I talked to a couple of my friends about, he needs to find a perfect balance in order for the Chargers to be able to make that next step. Yeah, yeah, I agree with the coaching aspect, and I I'm kind of surprised the offense wasn't wasn't as high scoring as it would have been. You see, it's it's Herbert, it's Mahomes, two of the top young quarterbacks in the league, both big arm guys, and they both they both played solid games. But I I think this game could have been low 40s, mid 30s scoring game. But I loved how close it was, and I know the NFL and Amazon Prime loved that for that first uh, Amazon Prime Thursday night game. And and to me, guys, I think something that people forget with the Chiefs because they were so so dominant. For that first two or three years of Mahomes' career with, with the Chiefs, there was really no talent like him in the league. After they won and then after they fell off, people now think that they kind of aren't still that Super Bowl contending team. But if you look at what they've done to teams like the Chargers, who are offensive powerhouses, like the Bills, who are just an all-around juggernaut, especially this year, they've dismantled them and really taken the heart out of them in those big playoff games. The Bills, back-to-back years. The Chargers now here, they've ruined some of their hopes in the division trying to get there. I think this could really just be a case of the Chiefs still kind of being that top dog, at least in the division for these guys. You know, the Chargers still young. Uh, they still have a lot of room to grow. Justin Herbert, I mean, I think he could surpass Mahomes eventually. 
maybe. Who knows? Uh, the guy showed some guts last night. Yeah, his ribs were pastrami, as you said, Tyler. But uh, he gets hurt. Couldn't even slide into a first down attempt, but then makes an absolute beautiful throw. One of the best throws of the season, without a doubt. Uh, and it sets up a touchdown at, at the end of the drive. Of course, they lose the game, but I still think there's kind of that sense of, you know, maybe big brother, big brother, little brother action in a way where the Chiefs kind of still hold that ranking. And until they're taken down by someone in the division, it's going to be theirs. Absolutely. If you look at this, these rosters back to back, you could easily argue the Chargers have the better roster. That being said, Patrick Mahomes is one of the, those talents that we've never seen before. The guy can make every throw in the book. When, you know, when the play breaks down, he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. The guy is so good out of structure. Justin Herbert's amazing. He's a top five quarterback in my eyes. Absolute stud. Makes some of the best throws I've ever seen, including last night. That being said, these games back and these games are back and forth every single time the Chiefs and the Chargers have played since Justin Herbert's entered the league. I don't know if it's really Big Brother or Little Brother. I do see what you're t- where you're coming from though, because they did split. I think what last year or they've split recently, in absolute thrillers of games. The Chargers have really shored up their team as a whole. Really got a much stronger offense. Oh, their offense has always been pretty good. Their defense got a lot stronger this offseason. The Chiefs, same deal. I think their defense got a lot stronger. And, you know, they lost Tyreek. I mean, it's a massive deal considering Tyreek's one of the best receivers in the league. That being said, their offensive style, I feel like it's even more low-key, more dangerous because they still have that over-the-top threat of speed with Nicole Hardman, MVS, but they have a little more, more dynamic underneath game, which just makes Mahomes that much more dangerous come January, February. I think that the Chiefs, the Chargers will have a chance to bounce back against the Chiefs later in the season. That being said... This like the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. They're still disgusting. They didn't fall off in any sense. I know they they last season left the sour taste in a lot of people's mouths, but I think this is still a top three team in football easily. They might be more dangerous this year and more complete. And they're still the team to beat in the AFC. I know the Bengals made the Super Bowl last year. I think the Chiefs are unequivocally a much better team. So still it's still you gotta still keep your eyes on the Chiefs for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think I still think the Chiefs are the top dog in the AFC, even even with losing Hill. I, I agree with what you said, Tyler. With their offense o- is opened up so much more, even losing Hill. They have MVS. They have they have Juju, which who knows how he really is going to be. But he's he's a name. He's a, he's been a solid player in the past. Um, I think a team like the Chargers, they're building up to potentially be as good as the Chiefs. I still think the Chiefs are number one though in the AFC. And guys, with that. I love our AFC talk. We could go on and on for days. Let's go towards our local New York teams. In the past week, we're going to start with the winners of week one in the boys in blue, the New York Giants. Week one saw the Giants head to Tennessee, take down the Titans in a stunner. 21-20 victory for the G-Men. The story of that game, guys, I don't think you could really say is anything but Saquon Barkley. Uh, He's back from what that performance showed. You got to knock on wood every time with the guy hoping he doesn't get injured. Uh, but that performance that was shown by Saquon, 164 yards rushing the ball, 30 receiving, so 194 yards from scrimmage total, and a touchdown. Uh, the guy was all over the place. Without him, there was virtually no offense for the G-Men. Daniel Jones, okay game. The completion percentage is there, but, you know, he wasn't, exactly. he wasn't spectacular. He threw two touchdowns. One of them was a nice ball to Sterling Shepard. Another one was a little goal line flick, I would say, is the pass, and he threw a pick. I would love to see him go a game without a turnover. I don't know if that's really even happened in his career, but if you know if the Giants could get that out of him, <laughs> they could be in a lot better shape. And I'll say too with the with the Giants, their defense surprised me. You know, 
Derrick Henry was held to 21 carries, 81 yards, or 82 yards, excuse me. That's 3.9 rushing yards per carry on average for what people would usually say, King Henry, the king of all backs in the NFL. And this giant defense has been doubted a lot this season. So this first game for them, obviously they are still, you know, kind of a bottom tier team. You can't say much after week one, but it's a really good sign for a team that's trying to find their footing with a new coach, kind of see if they can keep this core together. Is there potential? It's a really good sign to see for these guys who are looking to find something to go off of in week one. They finally pick up a victory first time in six years. And I really think the Giants have a chance to at least <laughs> at least be competitive this year, unlike the years past. Yeah, I completely agree. And that second that second half of the game was it's it's good momentum for the Giants. Um Saquon Barkley, he's the reason they won the game, let's be honest. He he was so dominant. He looked he looked so fast out there, like watching that run, I believe in the second half where he ended up fumbling at the end, yep. but and it went out of bounds. But he was so fast, which was crazy to watch. I forgot how fast he was as a runner. Um the defense uh, like you said, they they held Derrick Henry. Like, what are you really gonna do to stop Derrick Henry? It's a matter of just slowing him down. Eighty-two yards. I I would say that's a win for the Giants' defense. The only thing I'm really concerned about with the defense is the linebacker and the secondary. Like Hilliard ran all over the yeah. field, especially in the first half with the two touchdowns he had. He had a long, and then he had another long reception. So if that's that's something I really want the Giants to focus on uh, heading into the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with everything that you said, Matt. Um, the Giants, I mean, Saquon Barkley. Contract year Saquon Barkley might be the greatest running back of all time, I will say. He's going to go absolutely insane this year. It's He 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 looks so explosive. It was so good to see Saquon healthy and back. Behind probably the best offensive line he's had in his whole career, which is really sad to say considering it's still not good. That being said, you got bookend tackles and Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal. Andrew Thomas is amazing. So hopefully we get to see a little more protection for Saquon and uh, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones looked okay, I guess. I, I'm not the biggest Daniel Jones fan. As, as a Giants fan, I just, uh, you know, it's, he's been pretty underwhelming for three years. Obviously, we could talk about the situation. We could talk about that for years. So we're not going to do that right now. That being said, Giants defense looked really good for the most part. Linebackers are pretty much the biggest weak point of this team besides the offensive line. Um, lost Blake Martinez, who wasn't really good, but he was their best linebacker. Uh, lost um, Darian Beavers for the whole year with the torn ACL in preseason. Got Tay Crowder and a bunch of, you know, smaller names. So that is something to worry about. I still don't think the Giants are really that good. But this is a building block win for the Giants. Yep. You know, this this is the worst team in the NFL for the last five, six years. Um, they have put me through uh, irreversible pain for that long. Uh, for pretty much a decade, actually, since 2011. Forget 2016. That was kind of a fluky year. <laughs> um, this just feels a little different for the sole reason that you look at Brian Dable, you look at his body language on the sideline. He's animated. He's he he like he knows how to get the guys going, yeah. but in a way that it doesn't seem like he's yelling at them and condescending like Joe Judge kind of did last year. And the you know, it feels a little bit different. You saw Dabe's in the locker room with Joe Shane, the GM. The energy felt a little bit better around the Giants. Um, I know they only won on a what do you call it on a missed field goal by Randy Bullock, but it's a really good momentum win against a team. Sure, the I don't think the Titans are very good, but they were the one seed in the uh, AFC last year, so got to give them credit. They held Derrick Henry down. They pretty I would say they shut him down, and I know 82 yards, this that, but like with the yards per carry being that low, that's a huge sign. And they were missing some guys like Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojolari, their their pass rushing, their edge duo right there. 
So that's a massive win for the Giants. I don't think they're going to be that good this year, but their their schedule is extremely weak. One and two. This is a great start to the Brian Dable and Joe Shane era. I think something that really hasn't been seen in the past few years with the Giants is they've they've lost so many games off of blowouts, yes, but then they've lost so many games off of little close calls, whether it's a, a penalty flag on a kick by Washington a couple seasons back, uh, you know, a, a one run here or there, a score at the end of the first half that kind of buries them and keeps them out of the game. But finally, you see the Giants actually on the other side of that fate. Mm-hmm. They catch a break, the missed field goal. Now, again, you win a game because another team's mistake. Uh, chalk up the W. A win's a win. Mm-hmm. So a win's a win. you finally see a little bit of fortune for the Giants going something their way. And now they head into week two, guys. They're at home, home opener. The Carolina Panthers come to town who just lost a devastating one for Baker Mayfield <laughs> against the Cleveland Browns. And, I frankly, I think this is <laughs> – I don't. I didn't think I could ever say this. It's a chance for the Giants to go 2-0. I mean – Yes, the the Panthers, I think, have a better receiving core than the Tennessee Titans, and that is where I get worried because the Giants' secondary was not tested too much in week one, and when they were, they didn't really show out too well. Uh, Robbie Anderson, you know, a guy who can maybe explode every once in a while, a former Jet, had a great debut year with the Panthers, hasn't been that much since. DJ Moore, another talented receiver. Maybe Baker Mayfield finds his footing. You know, I'm not saying it's a guaranteed victory. The Panthers are... uh, I would say similar territory Slightly to the Giants, better. maybe a little better, mm-hmm. but at home and with the momentum, and you know the Giants have that clearly on their side right now. Yeah, I would like to give them the edge. I really think it's a, a possible thing to see these guys go two and zero. And now, when when the last year was that the Giants were two and zero, my goodness, twenty eleven. I don't even uh, know. <laughs> maybe not even then because they were not, a wild yeah. card then. So who knows? But I think it's a real chance, guys, that that the Giants can go into their home field Sunday and, and take a win and be potentially still tied or at the top alone in the NFC East for the first time in a really, really long time. Yeah, I will say the Giants, their first four games are extremely weak. If we look at the schedule, as crazy as it sounds, please, I, at Fordham, don't drug test me. The Giants will start 4-0. I don't think they will, but you look at game, week two, Panthers. Yep. Week three, you got an injured Cowboys team without Dak Prescott, without a couple of guys like Jay Ronkers, blah, blah, blah. You can name them. Uh, week four, Bears. And then they play the Packers, so yeah. they're going to lose them. But um, that is three winnable games in a row right there. You beat the best team of the group in the Titans. It's possible. I don't think it will happen, but it's very possible. So that's a good sign for the Giants. I don't know what the direction of the team is, but I'm pretty positive about it right now. Also very confident in Dable's call to go for two. That was a huge confidence Best move booster. of the game. Best move of the game. Gutsy. Massive confidence booster to me as a Giants fan. You see a guy last year, you remember last year, Joe Judge's thing was he was too conservative. The guy who calls quarterback kneels on his own goal line. <laughs> Brian Dable will never do that. No. Uh, he goes for two in an aggressive. You, you could have easily just tied the game and, you know, trusted the defense. No, you, you go for the win. And if it backfired, so be it. I'm happy with the call either way. I thought it was a great call considering it shows that you want to win. Coming, Dable's coming from a winning culture in Buffalo as the offensive coordinator. I'm really confident. I'm much more confident than him and than most of like pretty much any of the coaches yep. of recent times yep. since Tom Coughlin. Maybe that's just Monday morning quarterback talking and me being too excited about a new coach, which kind of sounds like us being Giants fans. But <laughs> I am actually really excited for the Dable era. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think this week poses a really good matchup, truthfully, for the Giants because, tr- to be honest, the Panthers – like defensive front looked 
not good against Nick Chubb as well as Kareem Hunt, and Saquon could run all over them. Nick, I wanted to add to a point that you made earlier about the Giants finally catching a break. To be honest, there were a couple of plays that weren't great for the Giants with the strip sack and the pick in the end zone, but they still Mm -hmm. found a way to win the game, which is a sign of moving in the right direction, finally maybe getting out from, from the mud and making progress. So I'm hoping this week for the Giants that they can have a good matchup against their Carolina. There's some early hope for the G-Men, which is something that has not been said in quite some time. Yeah, when was the last time the Giants were favored in the game? <laughs> they're minus two favorites right now. I don't remember the last time they were favored in the game. That's I don't even know. Yeah, I don't exactly. I don't think I could think of the game off the top of my head. Maybe <laughs> maybe two years ago when the NFC East was Terrible. a five and eight race for the first place spot. But that is true, but man, it feels good. It feels good and it's some top. good news for the Giants. Good momentum potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't say the same for the Jets. Yeah, the J-E-T-S. Maybe, uh, maybe it's just end the season already. You know, it was it was an interesting first half of the game for the New York Jets. They lose 24-9 at home to the Baltimore Ravens. At halftime, it was 10-3. Baltimore was ahead. Uh, the Jets' offense was nowhere to be found throughout the whole game. That was clear. But the defense was solid in the first half. And, and to me, that was, until the second half, their growing point. I think the Jets' D did a phenomenal... They are always... The one thing I can praise them for is they're always very good stopping the run. You don't mm-hmm. run much on the New York Jets, but what you do do is r- throw the ball like Lamar Jackson throwing three touchdowns in a game, a guy who's not really known for his passing prowess, to a receiving core that is led by Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay, two, three touchdowns between the two of them. Mark Andrews was held in check, which is nice. Uh, Lamar running the ball, six carries, 17 yards. They did what they were supposed to against the guys that are supposed to hurt, hurt them, but then they fail against the guys that are really not supposed to be that much of an effect. So I don't want to say it's classic Jets, but it is where, you know, they play a decent half and show you, okay, maybe there's something here. Uh, and then they kind of just go and blow it. I mean, yes, I think this team will be much better come the time Zach Wilson is back and healthy. Joe Flacco didn't necessarily play terribly. He threw the ball 59 times. That's, that's not a recipe for success and, with your Joe Flacco, who's exactly. like 47 years old. He's not the quarterback he used to be. There's no secret to that. I think when Zach Wilson get, gets back, they will be more competitive. Not, again, same story as the Giants. Not good, but more competitive. I don't think they are as good of a team as the Giants, in my opinion. Could be a little biased, but the Jets struggle some week one. A week two matchup sees them facing off against the... Bengals, which is, you know, kind of, or excuse me, that is week three. Yeah, we'll they, see. their first four games are against the AFC North. Yes. They got the Browns this the, week. So the Browns this week is the turnaround where the Jets, <laughs> it's funny how the Giants play the Panthers right after they played the Browns, and then the Jets play the Browns right after they played the Panthers. But another kind of interesting matchup there where the Browns aren't a crazy good team, but they probably will have the edge over the Jets, who are stumbling through these first few weeks trying to find any sort of footing if there is one. Guys, can you any sort of grow on or go on for the Jets here as they head into week two? I personally think there's nothing to evaluate with the Jets as a whole team record-wise until Zach Wilson gets back. Joe Flacco's not going to lead you to winning games. Um, he is, I mean, he's not an NFL call, starting, uh, he's not a starting caliber quarterback at this day and age. Yeah. That being said, Jets defense, I was I was higher in the Jets and the Giants by a significant margin going into the season before Zach Wilson got hurt, all that. I thought the Jets were they're not gonna make they're not a playoff team. Definitely not. They're too young. They're a couple a year or two away, especially with the Bills running the division. That being said, 
I really like their roster construction. Their defense, I think, is one of the top 10 defenses in the NFL, unequivocally. I think they're extremely talented. But they had they the thing is Robert Sala is a defensive mastermind. We saw it in San Francisco. I think that he's they're gonna play to his like he's gonna play to their strengths as the coach and the defensive play caller. I think they played a really good game defensively against the Ravens. Who the Ravens have a very explosive offense when all healthy. Lamar Jackson is probably the most dynamic player in the NFL, bar none. He played in Lamar played a really good game. Um Lamar Jackson, I mean, just a quick rave, like just rave about Lamar real quick. He looked as poised as I've ever seen him. And that's not because of the Jets' pass rush was terrible or whatever. The Jets were getting pressure on him. It's just like he was stepping up, showing signs of progress. Uh, Throughout his years, he's improved every year pretty much. So it's not really like, oh, wow, the Jets just got killed by a no-name. This is Lamar Jackson we're talking about. This is a top-six quarterback in the NFL, former MVP, and they held the run game in check. The run defense is amazing. Um, Secondary... You know, they got burned a couple times, but that's what happens when you get you have to be stuck in the field for so long just because the Jets' offense can't sustain drives with Joe Flacco at the helm. You're going to get burned out. You're going to get tired, and they got burned. I mean, Devin Duvernay, two touchdowns. You don't expect that, but Bateman, I mean, besides, I mean, he did score a touchdown. He had 59 yards, but he had two catches. You, you held him in check for the most part besides one huge 55-yard touchdown. You can't be mad at that. You held Mark Andrews in check. I would chalk this up as a win for the Jets defense. I think they played a really good game. It's just that Lamar's too good, and he played an even better game. That being said, the Jets offense, you can't evaluate them until Zach Wilson gets back. I don't think this is a lost season for the Jets. This is a season where you can see where you stack up. I think this is still one of – I think they're like they're not great yet. I, I said seven wins before Zach Wilson got hurt. I think around five to six. I didn't think they were going to win any of the first four games anyway that Zach Wilson's going to miss. Just because the AFC North, every single team is better than them. That being said, this is a chance to see some guys step up that you don't expect. You saw Michael Carter play pretty well. Uh, maybe you see more out of Brees Hall next week. Some receivers, maybe Garrett Wilson steps up this week. We'll see. I'm, I'm still nothing's really changed with my long term outlook with the Jets. I just want to see how they stack up when Zach Wilson gets back and healthy. Yeah, I, I think, I think it's so hard to judge the Jets until Zach Wilson gets back. So. Really just focusing on the defense right now. They held Lamar Jackson 213 passing yards, and he barely threw over 50%. I would say it's a win. I know he threw three touchdowns, but they, they did pick him off, and they held they held the rushing attack to, what, 60, 60-ish yards? Yeah. Which I, I'd say that's a great I'd say that's a great defensive effort. And they 24 points, if you score, you should score more than 24 points in a game and mm-hmm. be able to win the game. But now with the offense... This team obviously isn't built around Joe Flacco. It's supposed to be built for Zach Wilson, so I can't criticize him too much. But in terms of play calling, I don't understand why he's throwing the ball 59 times. Yeah. Like Especially when Carter and Hall are both pretty solid young backs. Mm-hmm. Why don't you put some of the load on them, have them rush it 20, 25, yards a game instead, or 25 times a game instead of 16 carries plus one Joe Flacco carry? Like I, I don't really understand that, and especially even... Even in Joe Flacco's prime with the with the Ravens <laughs> team, do he that. wasn't he wasn't a pass first. It wasn't a pass first offense. Yeah, he it was more of a running. Great. He just had one playoff run. Exactly, exactly. You're and supposed to run the ball more. I, sorry for interrupting. I was gonna say like, I know they were down, so I guess they're trying to get back in it. But you're not gonna beat the Ravens. This is a week for you to evaluate your team. You got to run the ball. Show what you got with the running backs. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. So, well, sorry for interrupting. That was <laughs> my uh, that was my go on and grow on for these guys. I think you got to yeah. go on. The backs. The, these two guys were 
terrific, in my opinion. They just didn't get enough playing time. Or, you know, it's hard when they share touches. Michael Carter ran right. for 60 yards, 40 yards receiving, 100 yards from scrimmage. Brees Hall, six carries, 23 yards, 38 yards receiving. So 155 yards total out of the two of those guys. And they didn't mm-hmm. even get as many touches as they should have, right. in my opinion. They're both Only 16 talented, rushing yeah. carries from the two of them total. Mm-hmm. They're in both a game very where, talented. You know, yeah. talented guys, young guys, mm-hmm. in a game where you're going to lose, get yeah. them going. Exactly. Get them going. And I think, you know, will they probably build on it next week? Yes. I think they weren't necessarily expecting the production they got. Um, neither was I on my fantasy team, unfortunately. I could have started <laughs> Michael Carter instead of Derrick Henry if I was delusional, <laughs> and I would have won in fantasy. But that that's yeah. how that works. Couldn't be me. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. but guys, with – you know, with the Jets in this Week 2 matchup, I think it's interesting because, you know, it's a new week, obviously. Every game starts 0-0. Like I said before, the Browns aren't necessarily a team that's a stunner anymore, you know. Yeah. But they, they had some time with, with the Odell Jarvis-Baker days, but that didn't work out, obviously. Jacoby Brissett, I, <laughs> I love that guy. Somehow he's just so solid and reliable that he's the type of quarterback that will pummel the Jets, I think. I would like to say this could be a close game. I hope it will be, but I, I still don't think the Jets are picking up a win come week two. This, to me, is the most winnable game of their first four games. I don't think they win. I mean, Jacoby Brissett is – he's a guy who – he's just, like, solid, but yeah. he's a back a, a elite backup, um, lower t- obviously lower, bottom-tier starter. But, you know, he, he won't – I don't think he'll lose you a game. Obviously got the two-headed monster at running back with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, absolute stud, like absolute studs. The receiving core, I guess, I got Amari Cooper, and this is a very talented Browns roster. Obviously, quarterback's a question mark. You got Brissett, and then he who shall not be named. Um, th- like they're they're okay. Like they played the Panthers well. They won. They beat the Panthers. They showed their run game's very good, but the the Jets' run defense was stout to say the least. This is a chance to see, like, maybe maybe you get a little down week from Chubb and Hunt. I'm not banking on it, but, I mean, this is probably, to me, the most winnable game. Even with the Steelers. I don't, like, the Steelers, I they should be because they're down, like, a bunch of guys. Lost T.J. Watt for the year, most like Well, not for the year. We'll see. But the, the Steelers, I, they have devil magic. It's Mike Tomlin. This Browns team is probably their most winnable game. So if they have a chance to win this game, I think it's right in front of their hands. I know they're going on the road to Cleveland. That being said, I think these rosters kind of stack up. I don't think they're like that different right now. Nothing really to look at. Obviously, two backup quarterbacks playing. Maybe they'll win. Um, this is their best chance, though, for me. Yeah, I would agree. And I think the defense for the Jets stack up pretty well against the Browns offense, even with the two-headed monster in Chubb and Hunt. I think if they're able to slow down Chubb and Hunt, similar to how the Giants were able to do against Derrick Henry last week, I, I don't see the receiving core for the Browns looking dangerous at all. Yeah. And they don't also with Jacoby Brissett as the backup quarterback, he's he's not going to win you football games. He's not going to lose you football games. So he really has to rely on his running attack, which I believe the Jets are going to be able to hold up against with the two with the two Chubb and Hunt. So maybe there is a chance that uh, every New York team picks up a win after week two. I doubt it, but... Maybe I should have some faith in those Jets. Uh, guys, this week two slate, if we look ahead to Sunday, there's not much that's exciting, uh, which is surprising in a league where there's a lot of really good teams, but the matchups are just kind of iffy this week. We got the game of the week. The out. game of the yeah, week Thursday is out of the way. Night. Yeah, unfortunately. So, but Thursday night, hey, that's a little entertainment for you, where mm-hmm. Sunday you got all the games, might as well get one good one Thursday. Yeah. But if we can look ahead to Sunday and pick a game, I guess I'll start it. 
There's not many, but pick a game that draws some sort of excitement. I'm going to go with Monday Night Football. Ooh, Monday Night Titans good and Bills. Again, smart of the NFL to put this Monday night because it gets its own little highlight. Two teams that, again, the Titans are not at the peak of their performance, especially after getting beaten by the Giants, but the Bills certainly are after their onslaught of the Rams in Week 1. I think this could be a really just fun game to watch. Potentially high scoring, maybe not, though, because that Bills defense is just really stifling. They Mm -hmm. can shut down the Rams. Chances are they'll shut down the Titans. But Derrick Henry, not a great performance in Week 1. I'm going to think and hope for my fantasy sakes that he picks his up he picks up his game and kind of gets going a little bit more in week two because if he does get going no one's stopping him there's no it's secret King, to that King Henry it's been seen for the past five or six seasons with that man uh Ryan Tannehill had his worst season of his Titans tenure last year not a bad outing versus the Giants maybe he grows on that uh but then it's going to be tough for that defense to stop Josh Allen and the Bills too so I think the Bills will take the game but I think it will be you know a game that provides a little bit of fun and excitement on that Monday night slate. I mean, the Titans are such a weird team. What They will lose to the Giants and somehow manage to beat the Bills. You never know. I think, what, the Titans absolutely demolished the Bills last year. <laughs> I think they did. Yeah, and um, they're weird. The Titans are weird. Uh, I mean, the Bills are 10-point favorites for a reason. Yep. They're obviously the better team, and they're at home. That should be a fun game, though. Um, I mean, the Monday night slate might be honestly better than every Sunday night, Sunday <laughs> game. The Vikings-Eagles are another Monday game. I know, Matt, you're the Eagles fan here. I know you're excited for that game. It's going to be a good game. Two teams that I wouldn't – they're borderline contenders, both of them, honestly. I think the Vikings are mm. a really explosive offense. Their defense improved a lot. The Eagles, the Eagles are stacked. It's just a matter of what, whether Jalen Hurts will take that step. Only time will tell. Game I'm looking forward to this uh, week is a divisional matchup. It is a 1 o'clock game. Buccaneers-Saints. Those games are always good. I know the Bucks are, I guess, the better team, but it is in New Orleans. And if anybody plays Tom Brady and the Saints on the Bucks, well, it's the Saints. The True. Saints swept them last year. I think swept them the regular season the year before, Super Bowl year for Brady. And Brady, what do you call it? The Bucks won in the playoffs just because Drew Brees' arm was done, done. absolutely done. So, so that's a game we're looking forward to. Um, game, we're not sure what Alvin Kamara's status is right now. Jameis gets his, I guess, like one of his revenge games against Tampa. It'll be a fun game. Divisional games are always good, and these are two good teams. Tampa, I mean, they beat the Cowboys pretty convincingly uh, week one. Obviously, Dak got hurt. Brady didn't look like Brady, but he, he was okay. He was solid. Just another interesting story. Exactly. It's, and we'll see we'll see how it goes, but I'm going to bank on the Saints winning that game. Why? One, because they're at home. Two, they play Brady unbelievably. And three, I just I don't know what it is. I think I think they start off 2-0. and I just like – I think they're – being underrated by a lot of people. I think they are a playoff, definitely a playoff team. We'll see what noise they make come playoff time, but I do think that they will win this game. Yeah, I think that'll be a fun divisional game between those two teams. For me, I would say, for a fun one, I would say Colts and Jags just because of last year's whole oh, whole collapse yeah. in Week 18. But realistically, I think the Cardinals and Raiders could be a great game. Yeah. Both teams coming mm-hmm. off of tough losses. They both, they both have something to prove. Derek Carr, after signing the big contract extension, he looked not good at all with three picks. And then also Kyler Murray, he did fine. He had a decent pass rating at two touchdowns, but he needs to he still needs to take that next step, especially mm-hmm. after signing the big deal. Like yeah. I, I think the Cardinals are gonna end up coming away with a win, but I, I really need to see Kyler Murray make more steps uh to to improve. You think the Cardinals win? I'm I think the Raiders win pretty convincingly, honestly. I'm not I'm very low on the Cardinals. I just it's not really Kyler's a good quarterback. I think he's 
top 10, I guess, and Carr is, like, right behind in the, like, 10 to 12 range. I just think that the Cardinals roster is so terrible this year compared to, like, the past. Obviously, D-Hop being suspended, a lot of little things here and there. They lost a bunch of guys. They lost Chandler Jones. J.J. Watt's still hurt. I think they are, are not a good team at all. I think they missed the playoffs, and I think the Raiders are much better than what they showed week one. And they, I know the scoreline might be closer than it seemed against the Chargers. They were the worst team, obviously, but it was in L.A., they get their home opener back at Allegiant Stadium, which is one of the nicest, probably the top two nicest stadiums in football. They get they get a chance to bounce back, and I think they dominate the Cardinals, frankly. So I'm interested for that game too, but kind of a slow slate this week, if we're being honest. You know, the, the great thing with the NFL is the fact that, well, now it's an 18-week season, but mm-hmm. uh, one week means virtually nothing, uh, especially yeah. when it is week one. Exactly. So it's a very good thing that football is back. We for sure are happy. And that is just about going to do it for us today on this NFL Friday show. Thank you very much for tuning in. For Nick Fada, Tyler Hu, Matt Benson, and our producer, very special thanks to Michael Hernandez. NFL Friday is a production of WFUV Sports.